Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Carol Tuttle Better Parenting Show. For the next hour, be prepared to be blown away as Carol shares some amazing tips and how-tos that are guaranteed to revolutionize your parenting experience. Each week, Carol brings her innovative, hands-on approach to parenting using the unique model of energy profiling, her vast knowledge of natural healing methods, and her passion and drive to help you become the best parent you can be. Carol's hope is that you will be able to say, I am a better parent thanks to Carol Tuttle and what she teaches. Carol is the mother of five grown children who all turned out to be pretty amazing people and are now becoming parents of their own, giving Carol the chance to become an even better grandparent. Welcome to today's show. Welcome to the Better Parenting Show. This is Carol Tuttle, and I'm the author of several books, and this show is based on the information you'll find in my book called It's Just My Nature, which I teach a um, fabulous profiling system I call energy profiling that helps you understand your innate nature that you're born with that actually develops into your personality, or it's, it's meant to. A lot of adults have developed personality tendencies and traits that that compromise their true nature because their true nature wasn't honored. So it's my hope in doing this show and the materials that I'm putting together, I'm working on another book right now, a parenting book, is to help parents raise a child true to their nature so that their personality honors their nature and that it's all operating in its wholeness and fullness in our human experience so that we can really live satisfying, fulfilling lives, sharing our gifts with the world. And I am a byproduct of not being raised true to my nature in my early years and through my teens, and I've spent uh, a lot of my adult years in a quest to find myself and to truly show up and live the truth of who I am, and I believe I do that now. So I hope to be a role model and a path maker for you to do the same. And I love the fact that I can meet with you. Um, I usually am here every week on the show live where I can answer your questions. Take I can take your questions, um, either written questions, or you can call right into the show. And I always dedicate a portion of the show to call in to live calls for anyone that has questions. And I really encourage you to really dive into the archives of the show and listen to the content in previously recorded shows, there's so much rich information and so much support, not only for your role as a parent, but for understanding yourself and really honoring your true nature. Uh, I'm an energy therapist in my career of 20 years, and I've done a lot of work with helping people find and heal their inner child. And I think many of my listeners and those that are followers of the show have had as much benefit for their own personal healing as they've had to implement new strategies and awarenesses for their children. And that's really awesome that we can, can it reaches so far and wide and deep in a, um, our lives to truly understand our true nature and the four types that I teach in the energy profiling system. So today I want to talk about how your perception could be hurting your children. And as an energy therapist, I first want to teach you some basic principles about the power of perception and the effect that has energetically on those that we project our perception on. Energy is an interactive dance that's occurring between every human every day and every moment. We don't even have to be with someone to energetically affect them. The quality of our thoughts and our perception of them affects their energy, unless they've gotten really good at keeping their energy clean and not letting you have any power over them. But most people don't have these skills and these um, capacities to work with energy. They don't understand energy and its effects. 
so we are really affecting each other on a daily basis, even with our thoughts. Now, everyone can agree that when you come into a room of people or into a space of others, you start to feel things. You start to feel the energetic quality, the energetic mood of the space. That's being created by those that are in the space. Now, if you have an issue or there's a dynamic between you and another person that's unresolved or it triggers some energetic uh, feelings, some emotions, you're going to feel that too because the energy is going to start to interact. So your perception as a parent is an energetic offering that you are affecting your children with on a daily basis. And I'm not just saying whether you have, you know, a positive attitude towards them or a negative attitude. I want you to go deeper than that. I want you to understand that your energy is being, they're subjected to it. They are subjected to your energetic expression and how you perceive them. And so in a man, you know, what's happening is if you have a perception that your child in any manner is less than, um, a pro- is a problem, is difficult, it, you have an issue with them, you have that perception of them, then you add to that with conversation because maybe you talk to one of your siblings about it or a friend and you're... You're actually adding to the energy. You're, you're contributing to it. You're making it much more powerful. And so your child now is up against this energetic um, offering and, and overlay in a manner that you overlay your energy on them because they're so young. They have less capacity to be anything but what you've perceived them to be. And so they're going to fulfill your perception. They're going to make you right. And then you're going to get more frustrated and you're going to continue to wonder why your child isn't making any changes because you keep creating what you don't want. And these I'm considering are all negative perceptions. Whatever you have, a good way to find out is what do you say about your children? If someone were to ask you, what are your kids like? Tell me about your children. How would you describe them? And that's a good way to kind of look at what's my perception of my children and how am I hurting them with this perception? And how much have I started to believe it so much that that's my only view of them now? That's how I see them. And now others are starting to see them that way. And I'm actually limiting them and interfering with their ability to change. Now, this is particularly true in different phases of a child's development. We've got our um, terrible twos label. We've got um, teenagers get hit with a lot of labels. Uh, some of them you may not even catch. That you, the, the, we, they're so accepted by culture that you don't even catch that they're limiting your child. So I had this uh, post today on my Facebook. I have a fan page and a friends page. and I'm not sure if this came from the fan page or the friends page, but please join me on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash the Carol Tuttle, or you can join our Dressing Your Truth community by going to facebook.com forward slash Dressing Your Truth. This came in from Carolyn. And she posted on my Facebook wall, and I love that she shared this to um, share on the show. She says, you can share this if you like. When I was little, I remember my mom constantly telling others that I was shy, and I would hide behind her leg. I found myself doing the exact same thing when my daughter would, would shy away from new people. And I realized what I was doing. So thankful for that. I stopped telling people she was shy and protecting her, and she instantly stopped being shy and afraid. It was a very profound and awesome experience. So thanks, Carolyn. That's a really good example of developing a perception about a child and then really growing it and then inhibiting them. Because energy is powerful. It's that which affects all of our energy. We have a subtle energy system, and we take on 
children take on their parents' energy. And so they're going to run the script that you're giving them based on your perception of them. Now, in my book, Remembering Wholeness, I really get into this, and I teach this and build on the principle of perception. So if you've not read Remembering Wholeness, I highly encourage you to get a hold of that book and read it and really become a um, have a, a more expanded understanding of perception and the power it has. Because when we start to perceive our children in a positive manner, how we... and this, there's a fine line on this because it's not who we want them to be, it's who they are. To learn who they are and hold a space for them to really develop and become their true selves, not who we need to, them to be. So there's a, very, there's a difference in that. And I'm not going to be on the air next week, but in two weeks I'm doing a show, a live show on the subject of what do you need to make your, you know, what are you requiring of your children and what are your standards that you've set that maybe are unreasonable that give you some false sense of I'm a good parent? Because we have all kinds of that going on in the parenting world. So one of those those needy, I need to have this, I need my child to be this way so I can feel like I'm doing a good job. I need them, key key word in that is I need them to be someone for me. So when you choose a perception that's going to honor your child, make sure it's one that honors their truth, their true nature, not your needs. And really, the energy profiling offers you a template to look at that and say, what's my child's nature? What of the four types do they lead with? And then I can start to receive inspiration and understanding and really hold a perception that honors them rather than conflicts them, compromises them, makes it hard for them to be successful in life. And just notice how many parents are running around talking to each other about their aggravations, their frustrations, and their negative views of their children. And then ask yourself, wow, what are we putting our energy on? If all of this is creating an energetic effect to create more of whatever we're focused on, then what are we creating more of? Do our kids really even have a chance to be anything different than what we're perceiving them to be? It makes it really hard for them. They don't feel that energetic support. They feel compromised. So really an opportunity to examine yourself and how you're choosing to perceive your children. And is your perception hurting them or honoring of them. Now, I've got a um, guest that's called in today, and I asked her to join me. I'm going to bring her on the air because I think her story is worth hearing and will support all of us in really checking ourselves as parents. And, hey, I'm as, I've, had to, I've had to go through this, particularly with one son who chose a lot of life experiences that weren't what I thought. He went down a path that brought up a lot of issues for me. And then I had a lot of perceptions about him, and I had a lot of negative opinions about him. And once I started to believe in him and that he had his own life lessons and learning, and I stopped judging him, and I stopped needing him to be someone for me, but I started to love him right where he was at, and this was when he was just after high school, and this is my youngest son, Mario, and he he has helped me grow so much. He's helped me open my heart so beautifully because he showed me how I could, he showed me all my judgments, basically, and all my negative perceptions and labels, and I'm really grateful that I've been through this experience with him and that we have this beautiful, honoring relationship now that I trust him, and I know he's a brilliant young man. He's a type one, and as I started to hold a space for him, and really I wrote a new script for him, one that honored him and one that honored our relationship and my desire to really love him and be there for him as his mother. And those outcomes are manifesting. They're coming to pass. Our relationship 
is the best it's ever been, and it's only going to get better. Now, see what I'm choosing to create by saying that? See what I'm putting energetically out there into the space so that that can show up and that we can have this beautiful experience as a mother and son and we just really honor and support each other and it just keeps getting better and more fun and, and more enriching and it's, you know, what am I creating by saying all that? What's my perception holding space for? So just that's just an example in my life without getting into too many details because I could tell you all kinds of things because I certainly needed to learn this lesson myself. So I'm not sharing this thinking, you know, I've, I'm a, I practice this and have to watch and check myself on this as much as anyone else. So um, I share my own life experience because I want you to learn and not have to create as much stuff and struggle as I have. Learn from me so you don't have to. So let me bring Christine on. Hi, Christine. Hi, Carol. Christine, for those of you that know Christine, she uh, works for me. She works for our company, and she's an awesome type 3 woman. And she's also a twin, which is a unique experience in this particular topic. So um, you didn't. You shared just briefly with me that you had... you. you personally feel how important it is that parents learn this based on your own experience. So I just want you to jump right in and, and share what you sure. experienced and why you think it's so important. Well, as a twin, we were immediately labeled because that was a way for them to tell us apart. It was a way for us to um, kind of be... Um, I don't know, it was just kind of like an immediate thing that we noticed right away that um, that they were teachers as well as parents, but mostly our parents were kind of trying to be able to define our personalities in a different way. And it felt like labeling, you know, I mean, it is labeling, really, if you, it, kind of an attitude about who we are as people. And so... Growing up with that experience, myself, I was always labeled the smart one, and my twin was labeled the jock or the athletic one. I feel completely inadequate when it comes to doing anything that involves athletics because of that attitude. I really believe that. I feel like I'm not coordinated, I, you know, whatever it might be, and I'm a type three and think, oh, I'm supposed to be wanting to get out there and be competitive and do these things. And even as a type 3 that naturally wants to do that, that attitude has hindered me in a way to believe that I am capable of being successful in that field, in that type of area of life. Um, so my sister um, had that. She was blessed with that opportunity. And as a smart label, I rebelled. And in high school, I was forced to take calculus. They wanted females in the calculus field back then, you know. And I refused <laughs> to take the final exam. <laughs> I mean, it was Oh, like, that's so funny. You wouldn't do it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do it. I refused. I said, I'm not going to meet your expectation because that's what was happening. The school was saying I had to do it because they wanted females. My mother was saying I had to do it because I was a smart one. And uh, I refused. I, I, I rebelled and big surprise, big surprise, <laughs> and said no. So as a result of those experiences, my husband and I made the decision that I wasn't. I, we would homeschool our children so that they didn't have to experience. You know, we could honor their nature, their personalities, without feeling the outside labeling that goes on. Forget about the inside that parents do without even realizing it, but just you know, just to have that extra burden. So it was uh, it was interesting to be you know raised that, uh, without this information. I mean, it's just it makes me embrace this whole concept of our energy types um, in a whole new light. I mean, it's just life is it's like night and day. I mean, I can't even believe the differences in in just embracing that and knowing the difference of honoring someone's real nature and not necessarily putting them in this box. 
because we do live right. up to you know, expectations. You can't you can't go you know labeling is an interesting thing because you're always gonna um, you can't help but have a perception of you just always do that's just how it works. Your mind yeah. perceives things. You have interpretations, so you're always gonna lay everything's labeled mm-hmm. in this world. That's how we perceive and understand our world. But the, the question is, is, is my perception creating an honoring label or a right. limiting one? Because I know yep. it's interesting when parents, um, something that's already shown itself when they learn about energy profiling and then we they learn that it can be applied to children, they're... You know, for those that have a resistance to that, it's like you can't categorize or label children. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> we do it every day. That's Let's right. do it in a way that's honoring oh, them. I mean, mm-hmm. come on, you're sure. not. You're always labeling your child based on your perception yeah. of them. You can't avoid yeah. it. It's just how our minds work. And so, you know, I think that's really interesting that people, people that have that kind of outrage, are the ones that felt mislabeled, see, it's like, mm-hmm. don't label children because you might label them wrong. And I'm like, well, right. what, our system's pretty, this system's pretty accurate when you understand it, you know. Yeah, easy, exactly. Easy to, um, it's actually easier to profile kids based on all the information I'm studying as I'm writing this book because they're more authentic mm-hmm. in their movement than adults are, you know. They're not putting right. up all the guards and inhibitions, yeah. so. You know, you need right. to work on that. That you need to do some. You should do some um, inner child visualizations and imagine your teenage self and your junior high kind of your ten on up self. Take get her into yeah. sports. Okay. Oh, what a great I idea! I do a lot of that. I was the same way. I wanted. I would have been a really good athlete. My parents didn't have any clue around that, and I attempted to do a few things yeah. on my own, and and because I had no parental big picture support for that, you know, how well yeah. can a 12-year-old and then even a 15-year-old really make that work? Um, it was difficult because yeah. they didn't have the support. And it actually hindered my my desire to be athletic until I hit about 42. That's when I started running marathons and entering races. And now I've done really? a lot of triathlons. And I love to compete at tennis. And I've found my yeah. competitive self, and you need to do that. <laughs> that's a great late. idea. I never really thought about it until we you would you know we would discuss this show because I I wouldn't have thought that it was a something to clear. But I love that great suggestion. Yeah, and the fact that yeah. you know there's a lot of fun whether you enter a 5K or you, yeah. you learn a new sport and you start to like I started to play tennis when I was in my 30s. I had attempted to do that in high school, and I made a mess of it. It was embarrassing. I didn't know what I was doing. I was very type 3. I got involved on the girls' tennis team. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't (laughs) have any lessons. Yeah, and then you get embarrassed, and then you kind of shy away from it, and yet I I picked it up again in my 30s, and I've taken a lot, a lot of lessons. I've really gotten the support now, and now I'm, I'm pretty good, and I've, yeah, you know, I win a lot, and yet I, I've had to face yeah. a lot of those limited beliefs that I, that part of me that never got honored, you know, and I never, mm-hmm. my parents did not give me that, and yet I've given it to myself now. Yeah. So you that's can still great. do that. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Yeah, and then, and the fact that yeah. you're now, how give me just a couple, how you use this, um, how you're, Maybe one example of a perception you used to have of one of your children because you didn't understand their true nature, and now how you completely changed that. Um, well, I have I have a very um, very type two daughter who I felt just couldn't keep up with me. You know, just she's slow. She's not getting it. She has no common sense. Really, that's what I felt. She has no common sense. And once I recognized and became aware of this information, because I'm so fast, she couldn't keep up with me even if she wanted to. She's a 2-4. Right. So, I mean, she's even got that, you know, um, stillness in her on top of that. So to have this awareness, um, as much as I wish I had had it when she was younger, I'm so pleased to have it now because 
she will look at me and we can just smile and say, I know you need some more time to think about what I'm discussing with you and what we're dis- what we're, your response to what we're saying. And that is huge because I, I really could have hurt her by, and I wonder what would have happened even if she had been in a school atmosphere like I had been where she couldn't keep up with what was happening. What they would have decided was her ability of learning and of being able to get back to you with, in a time frame that they needed because I was so demanding of a time frame. And I think, oh, my gosh, I, if I had only been more understanding and more sympathetic, I really felt like maybe she just wasn't brilliant. And she is brilliant. She's slower at expressing her brilliance. Yeah. And yeah, it's more methodical, it's a, more, exactly. more feeling-based. Yeah. Yeah, That's exactly. And I think you're, you're I've said, um, I'm actually putting this in my book, that, I I I feel like rebellion in a teen is a byproduct mm-hmm. of not feeling understood and and it's a it's an effort to mm-hmm. stay true to themselves like in your example yeah you rebelled and didn't take the te- the, the final yeah. because you could yeah. you could no longer den- you just had to do something that felt true to you yeah now yeah, if you I agree. had been if you had been honored in that, there would have been no reason to ever rebel. Right. You know what I'm saying? When you remove I the agree. conflict and the the lack of, when you, when a parent has a perception of their child that matches their true nature and they're mm-hmm. supported and being raised in that supportive manner, you don't, yeah. they don't rebel. <laughs> yeah, I agree completely. I I mean, I made it pretty clear I didn't want to take that class. I mean, I was just like, I'm not taking it. I don't want to be in that class. And no one would hear me. So, yeah, I I wasn't surprised whatsoever now that I look back on it. You know, at the time it was painful, 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 uh, serious, all the way around. School made life miserable for me, my mom. (laughs) It was hard. But now I look back on it and say, well, geez, of course I did that, you know. Yeah, yeah, now it was very take three where you just put your foot down and said, I'm not doing that. Sure. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> so you were actually being true to yourself, but it was everyone else that looked yeah. like you were, you know, oh. you, were, uh, you were a problem. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it is. Fascinating. Fascinating. Well, thanks for calling Fascinating. in. Thank you. you. Thanks for all that you do. You're welcome. Carol's wonderful. Okay, we'll see you later. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. So just again, check out how are you, you know, really ask yourself the question, how is my perception of my children and the labels that that is creating and the energetics that you're putting out there that's contributing to their experience and what they're able to show up in expressed to you is it hurting or honoring of them and know it goes beyond you know i want you to understand the energetic mechanics of this that you energetically affect them you energetically compromise them to be able to show up much differently than your perception especially the younger they are they'll they'll make you right you know we're in the laws of creation whatever we focus on we create more of we're always right because <laughs> you're only you're always going to get your experience will show you what you really believe is possible for yourself. So life is very fair and always showing us, offering us a representation of what we really believe. You know, if you want to know what you believe, what you perceive, then just look at your life. What do you really believe about your children, or is being shown to you what's your you know perception of them and maybe you're just not conscious of it and i love that life is a mirror and it gives us so much information on a daily basis so that's a great advantage that we have um so with that i will open the show now to any live calls you can call in at 347-677-1963 And if you're new to the show, 
and you're new to my energy profiling system where I talk about the four types, type 1, type 2, type 3, type 4. Those are all those are all each representative of a qual uh, inner nature that every human has that we lead with in our expressive self, our personality, our body language, our physical characteristics, our thought and feeling processes, and our behaviors. And you can go to myenergyprofile.com where you can get the energy profiling bundle and get my book, the online course, the audio book, some supportive online um, um, videos that teach you more about face profiling and the art of face profiling. It's a really great deal. It's very affordable. So go for it. Learn about energy profiling and the four types, and you're going to learn a lot about yourself and your children. So if you have a question, call in now at 347-677-1963. While I'm uh, waiting to see if we have any live calls, I have some questions that were submitted via email, and you can send your questions to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Or you can post them on the Live Your Truth forum. We have a fabulous community area, a forum where people are supporting each other, interacting, and sharing stories and uh, successes and supporting each other by asking questions in our Live Your Truth forum. When you purchase My Energy Profiling Bundle, you become a member to that. And also, if you're addressing your truth, you have access to that through your member resources area as well, the forum. So there is a there is a post in the forum where you can submit questions and then they're, they, they're uh, Christine, make sure I get them. This question came in from, let's see here. This comes in from a mom and she writes, Hi Carol, we are having an issue with our type 4 four-year-old. Whenever we talk to our neighbors, people in public, etc., and they talk to him or ask him a question, he looks directly at the ground. He will not look at people when they talk to him, unless it's someone he's really comfortable with. Myself, type 2, and my husband, type 4, feel like it is really rude of him to do this all the time. What is a good way to teach him that looking at someone while talking to them or shaking their hand when it's extended to him is the right thing to do? Love your show, books, blog courses, etc. Can't wait for your parenting book to come out. Thanks, Dawn. Um, I'm going to reference the age of this child is only a four-year-old. If he were 15 doing this, I wouldn't certainly shame him for that. Um, but he's very, very young. And expect more of him, regardless of his type, I think is unreasonable. And I want to... I want to point out that in your concern, the way you phrased your question, what I'm noticing is you're more concerned about other people and than you are about your son. In your phrase, we feel like it's really rude of him to do this all the time. He's four years old and it's, not it doesn't matter how other people perceive him at this point he has he's too little and you need to ask yourself am i real you know am i worried about what other people think my sense is the answer to that is going to be yes and so now you're wanting your child to change so he pleases other people which is just the origins of teaching how we all be how everyone gets caught in the people pleasing energetics I need to please others to be loved. I need to do what others want me to do so they don't feel uncomfortable. And you really don't want to go down that path with your child. You don't want to teach them that they have to please other people because honestly, I don't think a four-year-old has any ability to be rude. I really don't. I think he has no agenda around that. He's a type four, and type fours are not comfortable with eye contact. There's varying degrees of that in the type four world. Some... Type 4s have a very difficult time. I'll meet type 4s. They're adults. They can't look me in the eye. It's it's difficult. They're very self-conscious. They feel like meeting me, especially, they have, like, I know so much about who they are, it's a little bit uncomfortable and a little unnerving. 
I've had many conversations with adult type fours that can't look in, me in the eye comfortably. It's awkward for them. And I don't make a big deal about that because I understand the deeper reason for that. And it's, they're not, they don't know me. They don't feel comfortable yet. And so I think it's fine. Don't let, don't let, you know, let him develop his confidence in looking people in the eye. If anything, acknowledge him and say, I understand that's not comfortable for you. I understand that's awkward for you to look people in the eye that you don't know. Tell me what that's like for you. I don't want you to feel bad about that. It's okay. It'll, it'll, you'll get more confident in that. It'll come. But right now, that's okay. Mommy and Daddy will take care of those conversations. You can just be close to us and let us take care of those adult conversations. Don't put him on, you know, especially, oh, my gosh, please, I hope maybe you've done this, but it, it would be the one of the most damaging things you could do is in the moment of this happening, tell him, shake their hand, look him in the eye and say hello. Oh, that's just painful. I'm like, don't do that to your type four or four-year-old. Just let him... I don't know if this is a boy or girl. I don't know if you say. Oh yeah, he. So let him be in this space and develop more confidence. Because I guarantee you, the ad- adult type fours that aren't able to look me in the eye, they were shamed for it, or they were forced to, and they have not developed the ability, the confidence to kind of make that choice and just show up and look someone in the eye and, and say hello and connect with them. But they've got wounds there and those come up. They get those emotions come up. Those old shameful feelings come up and they are running that. They feel like the adults I'm meeting feel like the five year old again. You know, they feel like they're five years old and they're feeling awkward and embarrassed and then they probably beat themselves up like crazy and they go, Oh, I should have looked I was so why do I look down? Why can't I look him in the eye? You know, so right away you got to remove the perception that this is a problem. This isn't a problem. This is very natural. It's very common for a little type four-year-old. So accept that. Oh, my son's being true to himself. He's exactly where he should be as a four-year-old. And I'm going to just hold the space and hold the perception that he'll develop the confidence to be able to look people in the eye eventually. You know? There's a lot of years to develop that. No hurry. So really, make an adjustment on this and shift your perception. So this actually is a great question um, aligned with today's topic. And don't worry about other people first. Put your children first, not other people. Thank you for that question. appreciate being able to answer it. I've got a caller. Let's see, not anymore, actually. Let me take another written-in question. You can call in at 347-677-1963 if you have a question you want to ask me today. Um, Everyone loves it when we have callers because it helps so many people. So go ahead and give me a call and let me help you today. This question came in. From a mom, hi, Carol, you've talked about raising a type 1 son. I also have a very type 1 son. He's fun, makes friends everywhere and with everyone, and he needs to move constantly. The problem is he struggles terribly in school. He is smart, but then, but the very type 4 school environment crushes him. Teachers and administration have tried to label him as ADD. I'm curious your views about ADD. I'm wondering if there really is such a thing. Could it be that ADD is a label created by analytical Analytical type 4s that don't understand the energy and movement of a type 1? Could it be that because type 4s are often annoyed or frustrated by this high energy that they've decided it's a disorder and needs treatment to make type 1s more like them? It seems sad that our school system isn't equipped to deal with the different energy types and their learning styles. Could you possibly talk about this on your parenting podcast? I would really like to know how I can best help all my children be successful in school as they all have different energies and different learning strengths. I wrote a post on this uh, a couple of years ago on my blog, thecarolblog.com, and I really encourage you to become a blog follower to really get more support for all things Carol Tuttle and the many different things that I teach to support you in living your truth because we do some great posts there about parenting, about energy profiling, and about um, the bigger picture of 
scenarios like this because I do think ADD, um, most of the people that have taken on that label, which was, again, by a perception that was projected onto them, you move too much and you move at the wrong times. <laughs> and you can't sit still when you're supposed to. Because, again, I think you're pretty accurate, and I don't know if it was type 4s. You know, I don't know the history of where that label came from. That would be interesting. I should do some research on that and say who was the, um, that was a medical doctor who who generated this diagnosis to come up with the ADD, ADHD labeling, and what were they being, what created that standard to say you're that, you know, there's so many variables, but who created the protocols to say, and the diagnosis protocols to say, oh, okay, we're going to give you that label because based on this methodology, you fit our criteria. You know, and maybe it was a type 4. But definitely when the system that a type 1 is put in, if it has more structure and less support and allowance for their need for unstructured spontaneity and more random approach to learning and very quick learning, very fast learning. They're very, very fast. And probably the linear approach is way too slow for type 1. So if anything, they've been labeled the opposite of who they really are, which is very brilliant, very genius energy. Because they're multi-learners. They need multi-stimulus. They take things in very quickly. They come to their ahas very fast. They need things to move at a much faster pace, much more interactive, much more stimulus going on. And they learn very, very well in that environment. So you put them in a very linear, very structured environment, their movement will not match it. They're going to be labeled to be a disorder. So, yes, I definitely feel there's a correlation there and that... um, do you pull all your type 1 children out of school? No, there's a lot of type 1 teachers, actually, in the school system because they love children. And so there are, I am including in my new book, um, how to help your children's teachers understand their true nature. My most practical answer to that is give them the book once it's published and have them really learn about the four natures, the four types. So in the meantime, you get to help educate teachers and you get to support your children by not trying to, again, this is a perfect example of, oh, no, we've got somebody upset. We've got the authorities upset. We now need to conform our children so that they fit their mold and compromise our children so we don't feel embarrassed and labeled that we have this problem child. You know, let's challenge the systems. Let's challenge the authorities that are trying to implement systems that are no longer honoring of who we are and living our truth. They don't work anymore. They're not supporting us. There's a big shift going on on the planet right now that we, we've come from a culture that asked us to compromise and sacrifice our true selves for the survival of the whole to now, oh my goodness, we better find ourselves, start living our truth so we can help the whole thrive, so we can help the culture from taking itself out. And if you're into my chakra material, I talk about that in the root chakra. That's a root chakra big shift that's going on in 2012, that we are just being compelled to find ourselves and start living our truth because selling out to the culture is no longer helping, it's hurting us. And selling our kids out to systems so we don't feel embarrassed, they're just going to rebel and they're going to, they're coming in with so much stronger programming. The, the souls that are being born into the, the bodies of our children now have such commitment to living true to themselves that they're just, that's been going on for about 30 I can see in my children how committed they were to living their true nature much more than I was as a child. And even now my grandchildren are coming in much more distinctly expressive in their nature. It's like my type 4 grandson is very type 4. My type 3 grandson is very type 3. So see, these energies are coming in with more clarity and with more profuse expression. And so they're not going to comply, you know. So we might as well start supporting them. 
and rather than thinking we need to compromise them. Well, that's. I only have the two written in questions, so we still have 15 minutes on today's show. If you have a, a story to share, a success story, or a question to ask, I'd love to hear from you. It can be about today's topic or about anything else you need support with. Um, I'll give you just a few more minutes. If if we're if there aren't any live calls, we'll go ahead and wrap the the show up for today. But the number is three four seven six seven seven one nine six three. And if you want to just call in and say hi to me, that's cool too. Um, I can take a question on the chat room as well. And yeah, no, as someone's asking, I guess you don't take Skype calls. The system isn't set up. Um, interface Blog Talk Radio, to my knowledge, isn't interfaced with Skype at this time. So we can do live calls or we can do chat room calls if you want to post it there. Then I've got... Um, I need to scroll back on the chat room real quick. It says, Hi, Carol. I have a type 4 son who is 7 years old. I'm having trouble knowing how to help him not be so blunt with people sometimes and come across very rude sometimes. How can I help him with this? Well, again, I wanna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fall in favor of your son right now. I know the woman, the mom asking this question is a type 2. So she's going to be really worried about what other people think and how they feel. Almost to beyond what's reasonable. I know my mom was a type 2. And it got to the point in my life, and you may have heard me share this um, previously, that because my mom was such a worrier and she worried about other people more than what was right for me, I stopped going to her. I... By the time I was about 14, I set out on my own. I didn't leave the house or anything like that, but I started to pursue things that I never even went and inquired with my mother. I just I couldn't do it anymore. It's like I can't handle all her. And I was really really discouraged that she really cared appeared to care about other people and how they felt more than what was right for me. And that was really dishonoring. And so I just kind of would set out to do things I had. I remember one of the first things I did. I wanted to become a lifeguard. I didn't even talk to her about it. I just did the research. I made the phone calls. We didn't have the internet at the time, so I had to make some phone calls. I had to find out where could I get the training, the certification, because in my type three nature, I wanted to work as a lifeguard because I could get a, get paid for getting a tan. And I'm not kidding. That was my motive. I could get paid for getting a tan, and I see how type three that was. <laughs> so like, I'm so. I really didn't ever truly lose myself completely because I did pursue things true to my nature. But I stopped. I didn't even tell. I told my mom I needed a ride to go to the class and I needed to sign up for this life-saving class. She did take me, but I never, I didn't go to her anymore. And I, when I looked back and I saw that's what happened, it was because of her worrying about too much and not getting behind me. And so I'm going to, kind of fall in favor of your son right now and the thing is the bluntness is going to taper off when he feels more honored when he feels like you care about him more than other people and you respect him more than because the way you posed your question was i'm worried about these other people more than my son and so on some level he's aware of that and so if you were to in a manner honor his Wow, you really share, you know, I love that you, we know how you feel. I love it. I've said that many times to my type 4 son. And then he kind of sees that he's a little too, you know, well, maybe that was a little too blunt. He's going to start feeling that himself. I don't think, I don't have to call my son on it. I'm I'm more, I'm just more um, friendly about it with him. I'll say, well, it's good to know how you feel, Mark. I think that's awesome. And I will tell him, you know what I love about our relationship? Now that I know how to honor you and respect you, I always know where you stand, and it's easy. I always know where you're at, and I love that about you. I love that about you. So you first have to get employ the honoring, the respect, and really build up the gift of this before you can go to the, now can we work on being a little too blunt? You've got to really just love the quality and see the bigger picture of it 
before you start to help that child make some adjustments with it. You really got to give them that what they're looking for so that they feel honored and they'll hear you. Because otherwise, if you don't do that piece first, they're just going to feel that their nature, their natural tendency is inappropriate. And they're going to be like, I don't get it. Why am I not supposed to be this way? It's just how I'm designed. So consider that. Thanks for the question. I appreciate you um, offering that. And thanks for letting me give you that feedback. And don't beat yourself up. You're doing the best you know how with the information you have. Now you have more information. So now you can make some new choices. So you've done a great job. You're going to just continue to modify. You know, you have to, oh, in two weeks I'm going to be talking about, I'm going to give you some really good measurements how to, you know, to measure yourself. Am I doing a good job as a parent? I'm going to give you some really cool ways to ask your, some standards to measure that by so you can have a really honoring experience as a parent instead of beating yourself up. So really honor yourself. I've got some live callers now. 435, you're live on the show. Hi, Carol. I'm so excited to get to talk to you today. Hey. I just love your program. I just barely got it and just loving it. Thank so you. I wanted to thank you for that. And I'm you're so welcome. excited for your new children's book. I'm just, yeah, just waiting waiting patiently for that. <laughs> it's gonna, it'll be I'm out a type fall, one, so it, I'm like, oh, please just have it today. <laughs> It'd be nice. I know. <laughs> um, Thank you. I have a type. I think he's a type one son. I've been praying about it, seeing if it, that's what he is. But I think that's what he is because he's just up and going and bouncing around. But I'm thinking um, I'm having a little problem with him because he has been um, just been so happy these last few years, and he's now in the third grade. How old is he? He's eight. Okay. And he was this ray of sunshine, doesn't mind, you know, always had, you know, always been kind of one boy in the mix of tons and tons of girls. And now he's in a class, and he, the something's happened where his spark is just kind of a little, he's mad all the time, he's, oh, everybody's picking on me, he's got an older brother and an older sister, and so he's the baby, and he has just, acting out in ways that I don't know how to help him and I don't know if he any and he knows that I've been yeah I've asked him he's like I'm fine but then he goes I'm not the baby so I okay so he wants maybe you know type ones one of their big thing is they're not taken seriously okay so it sounds like he's interpreting that as you guys treat me like I'm the baby and that plays into the oneness was you don't take me seriously and you kind of blow me off and, you know, like I'm somehow not, I don't have the same, um, but what I bring and what I offer isn't as valuable, which is really classic type one across the type one world. So that's just an energy that can start to play out. And so that whole, you don't take me seriously. And they don't want to, don't make a type one get serious so that they're taken seriously. Take their nature seriously as it is as an animated nature. So maybe look at that and see where is it showing up in his world where he's kind of kind of being blown off or being judged as too, you know, light, too, you know, like, and he's a boy. And so we're in a culture that says if you're going to be a male, you know, you've got to be tough, da, 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 da. And it's like, well, your energy's light and free and airy, you know. So he mm-hmm. needs to know that he's a powerful male with that kind of energy. Yeah, and he's coming to know them himself in his maleness as that kind of energy. And I, what type's his dad? His dad's a type two. You know, so that's a softer energy for a male as well. See, so you know that they get hit with the same thing. You know, you're too soft. You're a wimp. Blah blah blah. So just kind of with that lens and see what inspirations you get um, to just hold this hold a space for you to receive answers now. Where are we treating him? Where in his world is it showing up that he's not taken seriously? And we really need to give him more honor for who he is, you know. And maybe it's happening at school or something. Alrighty. So, and he'll shift pretty quick. Type 1s shift very quickly. Yeah, it's like, okay. It'll show up. It'll present itself. You'll get it. you go, oh, okay. There it is. <laughs> it's like, oh, my goodness.
this. He's just, yeah. It's just like the last two months. I'm like, where did this child come from? Because this is not the bubbly, happy child that I've had. And Henri and Ming and crying and, yeah. Yeah. Well, we all go through that. So he's just looking for more validation. That's okay. That's what well, you're thank there you for. so much. Yeah, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. My next caller, 707, you're live on the show. We only have a few minutes. I um, really encourage everyone to call in earlier because um, we run out of time. But 707, you're live on the show. Hi, Carol. This is Richard Olson. And oh, hi, how are you? I'm, well, that's a whole other story. I'm good. <laughs> Okay. I decided to take a time out with some (laughs) health issues, but we'll just move along. So I have to, having just heard about that boy, I have to say as a type 1, 4, I believe, that with the type 1s, the trick, one of the tricks for me, I'm now in my, uh, I'll just politely say late 50s, and is that we take in, in so much information and we see so much and we assimilate so much and we have such a light attitude about it because it's just who we are that sometimes people don't take us seriously because we're lighthearted when we're even talking about serious material. Yeah, that's true. So it, it, it's a tricky thing. You know, it's like I, you know, doing a lot of radio stuff myself that down through the years I've, I've known that I was not taken seriously until I got older. And it was because mm-hmm. finally people realized, no, I actually know what I'm talking about, even if I'm making a joke about it. Even if I'm talking about uh-huh. things like death and injury and loss, and I still, that's the modality, is a lot of times we're trying to make people laugh or not take things so seriously, and it's, it's, it's a yeah, that's presentation. True. We need, you know, <laughs> you know, Ron Paul is a type one. Yeah. And yeah. he brings a lightness that's not being taken seriously. But he's brilliant right. in a manner that he's, he's willing brilliant. to just say things, mm-hmm. you know, that everyone else is too scared to say. <laughs> yeah, I would like that. But I think he's a perfect example a, of whether, I I don't, think you know, whether your preferences, whatever, you, in the, I'm not, I don't get into politics in that way, but I love to share it where people are really living their truth. And he's a man that lives his type one truth, and it's awesome. Yes. His, and he ha- and he brings hope and he brings a lightness, you know, and everyone's like, We're we're not used to those kind of politics, you know. Speakers of truth. No, I gr- I agree with you that I think he is the I hadn't thought about this until you just said it, but it's really true. He is like the poster boy for type ones. Yeah. Yeah. In the sense of he really is expressing his truth and he's fearless about it and I really admire that about him. That he is just willing well, to say it, even I if do it's too. not and, to be and, popular. And fortunately, the last Type One president—I don't think we've had a lot of Type One presidents—but the one we did have, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Bill Clinton's a Type One, and he yeah. did some very random things. <laughs> it kind of killed the type. <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, he kicked the type in the head, you know, a couple of times. Yeah. Very, yeah, random things. <laughs> That's good. I'll put that under his name, Bill Clinton. Random things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boy. Well, thanks for calling in. It's good well, to hear well, from I you. Well, I actually have I I do have actually have a very brief question. Okay. So I'm a type one. I'm a type one. I pick up information very quickly, as you know, from you know years ago. I you know get stuff very quickly, but then I'm kind of stuck with the type four pensive thinking about it, wandering around in it. I feel like I need to know it completely before I express it. And I've gotten better, but I'd like, is there an exercise or a hint on how I can shift that slightly? Okay, so that'll be easy. Ron Paul? Let me, um, I'm going to take, um, I've muted you. I need, I'm going to give you a quick answer because we've only got a minute and a half left. Um, and I want to, I want to just say, I appreciate you calling in, Richard. The thing you need to do is think of it as, um, you need to always, call your type one up to lead the show. Say, oh, there's that type four again trying to take the lead, trying to, you know, trying to take over, trying to be the lead actor, okay? Think of it as acting roles in a manner. Go, my type one self has the lead role, and I invite that self to be here now. And most likely, if you're feeling your type four taking over, your type one energy is probably hanging out above you in your art field. You need to call it in, call it down, ground it in your system, and say, I lead with my type 1. It is the most powerful power to me, and my type 4 now supports me. And I think you'll notice when the 4 is trying to, and that's conditioning that's just acquired over the years, 
especially for a male type 1, to draw on that secondary four to feel like you have to do it because, you know, success depends on it, and that's not true. You got to, again, you'll notice that when the four is in your energetic space, your type 1's above you, and you've got to put the type 4. Imagine it going a little bit in the background and your type 1 coming down into your body and ground it and let it really be there for you. So we've come to the end of the show. Thanks, everyone. I'll be live again in two weeks talking about how to create really awesome standards to know if you're succeeding as a parent and get rid of the ones that aren't honoring to your children. So we'll talk to you then and look forward to being with you again next week. Take some time to listen to one of the recorded shows and thank everyone's participation today. It's been a great show. For more information on Carol's revolutionary energy profiling system and her natural healing methods, go online to Carol's blog at www.thecarolblog.com where you can learn more about purchasing her groundbreaking energy profiling book, It's Just My Nature, and her best-selling energy healing book, Remembering Wholeness. That's www.thecarolblog.com for all of Carol Tuttle's amazing resources. To submit questions to Carol Tuttle's Better Parenting Show, email your questions to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. That's parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Thank you for being part of today's show.